Welcome back to the Orient Sports Network. We're in day two or three of our current Ontario lockdown, but that's not going to stop us from having a good time and having some laughs today. Jarek, how's the little guy doing? Doing good. Uh, he's uh, well, a little cranky today, but I mean, who's not cranky in the world we're living in right now with lockdowns and such? But, but we're doing good. How are you guys doing today? All right. I've been doing kindergarten all day. Online. Yeah, I've had a busy week so far, so. Smart guy. Just, you know, finding the time to get to this. That's what's important. I fell asleep on Josh last night, so. That sounds really weird. What that's supposed to mean is that Brandon fell asleep while we were supposed to do a show. He didn't fall asleep on top of me. But it's only weird if you think like Josh, which is the very 0.01 of the population. Yeah, the high the high intellect of the population. All right, uh, we were supposed to record last night, but uh, we'll give our quick shout-outs here. The Leafs with a big 4-2 win over the Edmonton Oilers, who we will talk a little bit about later. And the uh, Raptors win 117-111 to over the Milwaukee Bucks. Now the Bucks were without, I'm going to attempt it here, Antetokounmpo. Did I nail that, Brandon? No. All right. Well, they were without the Greek god or whatever they call the Greek freak. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yes. Um, the Raps, however, now they sit seventh in the conference at 18 wins, 17 losses. So do we think the Raptors have kind of turned the page here? They're making a little bit of a push to a playoff spot or potentially, you know, worst case scenario, a play-in spot? Yes. So this goes back to my uh, 2022 prediction off to a slow start at the end. Well, to start the whole year, but to start off the calendar year of 2022, it's, uh, you know, some fortune, I guess, when you run into uh, the defending champs without their MVP, but uh, you still got to come away with the win and Toronto's by no means better than any team in the NBA, you know, short one player or two. So um, it's been a battle for us. We haven't been 500 for probably, you know, 80% 80% of the year. I can't remember the last time we were, you know, uh, coming from a Leafs fan to a Raptors fan. It's been a little bit of a different mm-hmm. perspective this year. So uh, this would be, uh, you know, in spite of going on to a tough, tough, tough game tomorrow, uh, home host in Utah. Hopefully we can remain above 500 going out strong. Good to see them doing well. Like it's always better when, it, when you're, you know, your team is, in it right like you don't want to waste a year where you're just kind of that middle team like you're not tanking to get that first overall or second overall pick but you're not quite pushing for a playoff spot you're just kind of stuck in limbo and i think that's the worst position a team can be in because you're not yeah let me ask you guys something because the all-star vote's coming up and i don't know how much uh basketball you guys been watching but uh if you were just to choose one out of the three nominees that are uh potential candidates for mv for rather all-stars from the toronto raptors we have pascal og or fred Who's you got your one single vote? I'll go uh, last. I, I might surprise you here. Yeah, I'm going to go with Spicy P. Um, I just feel like it's since he's gotten back, the team has has been a little bit more consistent. Uh, I feel like they're they're obviously one game above 500. It's hard to say consistency. But I don't know. It, it seems like they're in the win column a lot more lately than they were before he before he came back from injury. Everyone can point to, to Freddie as in like the, the guy he's been there the whole time. He's been scoring points, getting assists, doing doing basically everything they need him to do. But I don't know. I feel like if this team's going to go anywhere and succeed, I, they, they need Spicy P playing well and actually playing great, to be honest with you. And I think that's exactly what he's been doing. So I, I would go with Siakam. Uh, I would go with uh, Fred Van Vliet. Like if we look at his last four games since December 31st, he put up 31 points, 35, 33, and 19 against the Clippers, Knicks, Spurs and Bucks, like those teams, you know, you can't really take them lightly. 
and he he showed up and did really well there. So I would I would take Fred Van Vliet, and I think he is in top ten in the conference right now. If I saw that if I saw that poll correctly, so it looks like he will be there. Yeah, so Fred Van Vliet does have my vote as well. Uh, obviously, that's probably closer between Fred and Pascal than it is with OG and anyone else. However, I'd even like Gary Trent's player this year. He's in top five in steals, steals per game, and total steals while averaging great offensive stats and becoming a new defensive weapon for the Raptors that we've never seen in his whole career. Obviously, he's not going to get the attention this year for the MVP, but uh, you know, it's interesting to note that uh, you know, Jared brings up it's important to have a, a, a consistent big. Yeah, Pascal has came back and made it very easier on the Raptors. I think the one place where the Raptors have the most depth, though, is with our bigs and with our uh, forwards and uh, length defense. Uh, something that we very struggle to see is a ball guard, a dominant ball guard handling uh, point guard such as Fred Van Fleet. And I think that not only can he dish the rock and set up a whole offense like a quarterback, you know, he's been putting up great 20-plus numbers, averaging almost 30 over his last few games, uh, taking on the sole role for himself. And so uh, alongside Pascal, I think if it wasn't for Fred, uh, Pascal would be taking on a little bit more. And when Pascal takes on more, I feel like that's uh, inherit, like inhibits his skills. But I think uh, if Fred's going to lay all the groundwork, it's easy for Pascal to shine because you always got to put more attention uh, when you're defending. As the defensive scheme team, you want to plan against Fred Van Fleet and uh, – you know, it makes it easier for Pascal to come in, I'm sure. But uh, uh, Pascal's been a, an all-star before, so it's, I hope that there's some uh, dynamic here that helps Toronto get more all-stars because, you know, that would mean more uh, all-stars that Toronto has developed and kept in their process. Like, these guys have been Raptors their whole lives, not players that were traded for all-stars. So uh, it's a compliment to Masai and the team as well. That was really fucking good analysis, Brandon. I got to shout you out on that one. <laughs> that was really good. Let me ask you this, a, a follow-up. If this team makes the playoffs, like they, they qualify for a playoff spot, not a play-in spot, are they a threat to win a round or two? You know, looking at it right now, a couple, te- couple teams that haven't been there, maybe one or two that haven't been in the position that they are right now. The Cleveland Cavaliers are in a nice position at sixth, uh, three wins above the Raptors that, you know, no one necessarily saw them in this year. Also, uh, they just lost a big a big part of that. That's Ricky Rubio. He's gone down for the whole season with the uh, ACL tear. And, um, you know, they actually just traded for uh, Rajon Rondo, which is uh, not the worst compare uh, in terms of, you know, pass-first point guards, which they both are. But Ricky Rubio, you know, I think he was very good for the city of Cleveland and they started out with, uh, you know, not much storyline and then Ricky Rubio kind of brought them back to life. And he was uh, almost a hero there, unsung hero. Shout out to Ricky Rubio, but that's not necessarily a team Toronto will be playing. If you look at first place right now, the Chicago Bulls, right? And they've never been there before. However, they're hot right now, but you know, there's some teams in the past that have been first seed, second seed even, and uh, might've been the first time there and they don't always make it through. So, um, you know, to look at it right now, we'd be running into Milwaukee or Brooklyn, which uh, would be very difficult for us to be coming out of the first round. So, you know, uh, to my earlier prediction, if we can get into the fourth or fifth spot and uh, potentially play against either Miami, Cleveland, or Philadelphia, you know, there's still a long season ahead. But uh, sitting in the seventh currently right now with uh, the next the next goal is out of the plane. I think, uh, you know, it's a good question that you asked me if we can make it to the play-in, you know, uh, it's rapper's history that anything can happen. So uh, I wouldn't put it past them. Like it. I like it. Now, uh, obviously, the Bucks were without the Greek freak last night. And if you look over to the other Toronto team, they played uh, McDavidless Oilers. And, you know, last night's game was kind of weird. Jack Campbell was Jack Campbell. But the guy that kind of stole the show, and you could see the ripple effects of it today with Nick Ritchie being placed on waivers, 
Ilya Mikheyev scores his third goal in only his second game back or so, something like that. So, yep. uh, and it was the game winner. It looked good. He's actually shooting for once in his life. And, you know, he said post game, if I have a shot, why not? And I'm like, all right. Yeah. I mean, you're a hockey player. That's what you're supposed to do. He burned the Oilers with his speed last night. I thought he looked pretty good. So I mean, we could break down the Leafs, but I'll just ask this question. Is Ilya Mikheyev going to be an upgrade over Nick Ritchie? And I don't think that's too hard of a question to answer. I think anybody, any player who's putting the puck in the net is going to be an upgrade over Nick Ritchie. Like Nick Ritchie was literally just just out there skating for for two and a half million dollars a year. It's mm-hmm. there's I don't think there's any other way to put it. Like I feel bad for the guy. Obviously, like I'm sure growing growing up near Toronto, you want to be a Toronto Maple Leaf and you want to help the team succeed. But he literally was doing nothing and not helping the team. So I think any player that's going to shoot the puck and put the puck in the net is going to help help this team. And, do more things than, than Nick Ritchie was doing. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like you mentioned the two and a half million dollars. I think that's the reason they put him on waivers because they know he won't be claimed. Um, so you do have that guy in the minors if you need to call him up. He is an NHL ready player and he is he's probably a little bit more of a steady option than calling somebody else up from the Marlies who are just starting to heat up a little bit, but they, they they've kind of had a shaky season down in the AHL along with like with COVID protocols and all that. But um yeah, you know, if you have Nick Ritchie in the minors, you know, he's still getting games, you can go down there and kind of be a leadership role. And if you have to call him back up, you can. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think they're counting on that two and a half million dollar cap hit this year and next year being his kind of waiver protection. And, you know, if a team's going to claim him, it's going to be a team like Ottawa, Arizona, or Buffalo, and maybe even Montreal, but those teams are trying to tank. So I don't know why you would bring in another guy to do that. Uh, will, you know, what, will he be in the minors? Will he be on the taxi squad? I think so. If you send him down, you got to send him down first and then he qualifies for the taxi squad. So I'm hoping he like plays a couple games with the Marlies, though, maybe get some confidence like with, with scoring a couple goals. I think that, that that would be best for him. But I don't know, like you said, I, I think it's not a bad idea for uh like for necessarily for this guy to be an extra player come playoff time. Yeah. Um no, it's it, it's one of those things where it's unfortunate because you grow to like this team and then it, it, it's an influx of talent, right? We haven't seen that in Toronto. And Brandon, I'll, I'll kind of give it over to you here. Is Has there been a time where we've seen this Leafs team have such a deep lineup and you know, you've know you been able to rely on your third and fourth line to actually go out there and be dependable? Like long, long gone are the days, as enjoyable as it was when you were throwing out Mike Brown, Fraser McLaren, and Colton Orr. Yeah, I have a question. Is uh... – What's that guy's name? Is he Clifford still on the roster on the Leafs? He's, he's on the taxi squad now. Yeah. How much do we pay him? 1.1, I want to say. Yeah, something like that. Okay. But I don't right. necessarily um, think it's, it's the I value. I, over, I mean, obviously, production, I still value Richie over Clifford. Obviously, there must be a price gap there. However, as being, I would consider, above average Leafs fan this season, uh, definitely the rest of my life, but I've been catching back on now, especially. I would say I've been very surprised with a couple guys. Obviously, I was very upset that uh, Mikheyev was out for so long to begin the season. I wasn't necessarily sure what was going on. So uh, to see him back uh, in full stride is very nice. Uh, Andre Cash, uh, a couple, a new pickup for um, the the Leafs. Uh, almost a vet, you would say, in the, in the league. But uh, like he knows his role, and it shows through uh, you know um, secondary scoring, defense, shot blocking. Uh, there's a couple other guys. What are the names of the new pickups? Can you remind me? 
Oh, it's like Dubas has brought in a couple guys over the last two, three years that have really hit. Like you look at Michael Bunting, he's nailed Mm -hmm. it this year. Andre Kasha. You know what? You bring up a great point. So Michael Bunting, I, 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 I he was I have I was very uh let's say pessimistic I I didn't necessarily uh obviously agree with where he was in the lineup you know before the season began you know this you know predominant AHL player you know one or two seasons as a as a third fourth second liner with Arizona right comes into well, the, he played uh, he played twenty NHL games before signing with the Leafs like he's still technically exactly. a rookie and but he was a Arizona prospect and played with the Roadrunners yeah. uh, in Tucson for you know his his development so you know, to be thrown into it in a situation where you see it work for, you know, a lot of other NHL organizations, you can just get put the one or two superstars on one line. And then, it, you know, you could throw someone in there just to, to make hay. And Michael Bunting came in there and he, he came out of the gates very strong. I think he's cooled off since. I think maybe you guys can agree with that. Yeah, uh, but he's doing his job, right? Like he's not there to score 30, 40 goals. And, and you know what I mean? Like when you come out like that, it's almost like you had higher expectations for him, uh, but you have to be more realistic, obviously. So I think Andre Cash uh Michael Bunting as you mentioned and then you know obviously the unsung play of uh Jack Campbell and I'm excited to see if uh you know we can obviously we mentioned earlier in the year that um this year that we'd love to see David Riddick come back and take some more pressure off the goaltenders this season. Peter Mrazek. So, uh, oh Peter Mrazek is David I, I, still no, with us? No I made that mistake earlier this year too I keep forgetting because yeah, forget, so, we haven't seen, we've seen Mrazek like it was Peter four Mrazek. times this year. Peter Mrazek is the goalie. I, I remember he was uh very 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 Almost like Nadalkovich. Like somehow the Carolina Hurricanes let him go, and then he got picked up again um, by uh, who was he most recently picked up by? Mrazek. Uh, he was with the, the Flyers, even. Yeah, he's and, been on um, a couple teams over the last. So couple uh, years. he's been around there, and, and I've been I've been hoping it's always cool when someone like that comes through your organization. You hope that they they can be the savior. So, uh, but I do have a question here, similar to my Raptors question. I'll answer it first as well. Obviously, we might get you know more than one, maybe more than two All Stars this year for the Toronto uh, Maple Leafs uh, at the All Star game. Uh, however, uh, do these numbers ring a bell? Um, maybe for Josh, you know, depends if you're a stack guy, Jack. But 35, 34, and 34. Um, Nylander, Matthews, Marner. Yeah, so that's Nylander, Matthews, and Tavares' points this year. So oh, Tavares. Okay. With the leader being Nylander, I out of those three. In choosing William Nylander to go to the All Star game over above all the else, obviously I hope Austin Matthews gets there. But to think that William Nylander would come back out of it, obviously scoring 15 goals so far this season, uh, notably potentially scoring 30. Uh, no one was talking about William Nylander. Obviously, I'm not the type of guy to just go against the grain to go against the grain to say I am. But you know, there's never All Star talk around William Nylander, and it's almost like what would it take? But if he scores, what if he outscores Austin Matthews? For God's sakes, who knows? He's only five goals behind that. Obviously, if he can outscore him in points, it's something that Austin Matthews isn't notorious for is a lot of points, but a lot of goals. And, uh, you know, we'll see what's the most consistent, who plays the most games. But uh, we'll see if you guys just have to choose one of those three names. Tavares, no Marner. Tavares, Matthews, or Nylander. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the guy I think that runs the engine. I think it's, that's Tavares. I think, I think this team doesn't go anywhere with, without Tavares putting points up. And I, I think anybody this guy plays with, is has career years. He did it with Marner. He's doing it with Nylander now. And I don't know. I, I think it's Tavares. I think this guy is the reason this team is going to go anywhere. He's a workhorse along the board. He's a workhorse, any, a workhorse anywhere on the ice. And I don't know. I think JT's the, the all-star of the team. 
Yeah, I, I like that line of reasoning, and that's why I'm going to go with Austin Matthews because when I hear all-star, I'm thinking, okay, a guy who's an offensive player and guys who's a defensive player. Nylander's defensive game, while it is really good, it's not as good as um, Matthews. And then, you know, if, if, if you're kind of looking at a tiebreaker, you're going to go, okay, who's got more goals? And that that's going to be Matthews. Who's got, you know, who's more, um, you know, who, who would be better to watch in an all-star game? And I think that would be Austin Matthews. But honestly, all three of those guys are going to go and Jack Campbell will be there anyway. Like the Leafs are probably going to have four or five guys go to this all-star game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let, let's move on. And we're going to step outside our comfort zone here a little bit. And we're going to talk a little bit about tennis. Now, what do you guys know about tennis? Nothing. Um, yeah, Brandon, that's exactly my thoughts. Um, so uh, we're not going to talk about a tennis match or anything. There's a kind of a funny story surrounding the world of tennis right now. Novak Djokovic, I think that's how you say his name, uh, was supposed to play in the Australian Open, which was starting tomorrow. And they canceled his visa as he tried to enter the country. Now, he currently isn't, you know, he's not vaccinated. Australia, we know, has one of the strongest restrictions around COVID right now. If you're not vaccinated, you can't really do anything there, which, you know, is understandable. Um, But he applied for a medical exemption. He got it. uh, But then there was an issue with his visa and all that. And then this actually got, it got kind of wild. And um, he was detained at the airport by by armed border patrol, taken to a detention hotel, a detention COVID hotel, and was like shipped out of the country. But while all this was happening, the Australian president, let's see if I can find the tweet. The Australian president put out a tweet saying, uh, I I, I had it, but I lost it. But he was pretty much saying, yeah, we're not going to allow, we're not going to allow him in. Uh, Rules are rules. If you're vaccinated, you're vaccinated. If you're not, you're not. Nobody is exempt. Well, the Serbian president then chimed in and said, this is unacceptable. He's the best tennis player in the world. And we are working. All of Serbia is behind you. And we are, we can't wait to see you play out at the Australian Open. But that wasn't the end of it, because then this guy's dad said he's been held at the air, tweeted out, he's been held at the airport for six hours, and we're going to fight all of Australia in the streets. So for a sport that doesn't really make a lot of noise in the controversy type of things, all of a sudden this kind of exploded, and I was just kind of laughing at it, seeing it come across my TV the other day. I thought it was one of those stories that would only happen in the year, the years of 2020, 2021, 2022. I don't know if you guys saw this or have any thoughts on it, but I just thought it was noteworthy. I have to read more further into that. That seems like uh, a story that my mom would send to me. So uh, she's a big <laughs> tennis and a celebrity person. So I have to you know, touch base with her, I think. You know, sometimes it's bigger than sport, and when it gets in government involved, it's even harder to touch on on a podcast. Uh, you could honestly break this down over like a 50-minute episode. Um, yeah, but it, it's just one of those stories where I thought we should, you know, bring some attention to it, and we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, let's move along. Another sport we don't talk a lot about, baseball. Now, I'm going to bring something else up before we start this. Um do you guys watch, you know, Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night football? Very, very unoccasionally. And have you heard of the Manning cast? Yeah, I have. I have. Social media. 
Now, the Manning cast, very successful. If you don't know what it is, it's where they have Peyton Manning and uh, his brother Eli Manning on, and they have guests on. I think LeBron James has been on there. They had Snoop Dogg on there this week. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has been on there. Tom Brady, a bunch of people have been on there. And they just kind of talk live during the game. It's been very successful. Well, the MLB is looking at doing one for um, Alex Rodriguez. Now, my issue with this is he is probably one of the most least entertaining guys in the world. And I don't think a lot of people like him. So it, it's one of those guy to have on, on like a, a show on your network. Yeah. Like he's been in the booth at ESPN for the last four years. Um, and I think he's been involved with Fox, but he, what would you even call that? The A-Rod cast? The A-cast? I, I I, can't see this working. And in a sport where it's already pretty boring to watch and can be kind of slow to watch, I don't know if Alex Rodriguez is the guy that you want to try and make a game entertaining. Wouldn't you want somebody who's kind of, you know, loud and, you know, rambo? Like, I could see Der- Derek Jeter maybe doing it. Or um, oh, who was that guy from the Red Sox? Um I think you need something more old, like like new school. Like, so like this is that. for a similar thing to baseball. They want to do that Manning cast with baseball yeah. centered around Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. Okay, I think we should be coming up with one name each uh, in the next two minutes that we would like to see instead of Alex Rodriguez. Like a baseball um, player. The old Blue Jays manager. That guy never held back. Never, ever held. One of my favorite lines was when um, – Jose Bautista was under a lot of heat and he, he had a, I think he had like a hat trick of home runs in one game and he came back in, he's leaning in his chair like this. And they asked him about, you know, Bautista's performance. He said, Oh, he had a phenomenal game. So why don't you go suck on that one? Why don't you? And like looked at the reporter who wrote the hit piece about him. So I think he wouldn't hold that. He loved it. And his last game in Toronto, he had a um, Russell Martin just coach instead of him. And he just sat back in the clubhouse. So what was the name of, uh, what was the name of, uh, the individual that had that interview again, I, I missed how you said it, Jared. Muninori Kawasaki. Yeah. He was so, also with the Jays. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's the interview where he was on the Jays. Is he playing yeah. in the MLB currently? No, he's uh, he's either retired or he's still playing uh, in Japan. But uh, my my name that I'd want for, a, I guess, a sh- like a pod or whatever the show is, is uh, Dallas Braden, the old pitcher for the uh, Oakland Athletics couple years back he it's coming in with a hot take it's a personality thing i don't i don't want to see Derek jeter talk about baseball i don't want to see all these old these old school guys talk about baseball that's why baseball is boring that we we can't we can't do things that are we can't complain about something being boring and then bring in more boring people would be fun yeah, A Rod. A Rod is moving away from baseball. He has in, he has stakes in you know the Minnesota Timberwolves and being become a basketball ownership now. So it's like you know you know his best interest might not even be with baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I like the idea of doing something like that to kind of spark an interest in it. But I don't know, man. Um, maybe that's not the guy to do it for you. Moving on, Aaron Rodgers is again making headlines it's not necessarily his fault this time although it kind of is a little bit um yeah we're going into the final week of the nfl week 18 first time i've ever had that 
And so the MVP talk is is heating up. And one reporter, I'm gonna get this guy's name right because it was it caused a whole a whole thing. Hub Arkush, he's one of the 50 members of the Associated Press who gets to vote on the MVP award for the NFL. And he said he would not be voting for Aaron Rodgers, who is the odds-on favorite right now, because he's a jerk and a bad guy. Um, I don't. This is his quote. I don't think you can be the biggest jerk in the league and punish your team and your organization and your fan base the way he did and be the most valuable player. Has he been the most valuable player on the field? Yeah, you can make that argument. But I don't think he is clearly that much more valuable than Jonathan Taylor or Cooper Cup or maybe even Tom Brady. So from where I sit, the rest of it is why he's not going to have my choice. Do I think he'll win it? Probably. A lot of voters don't approach it the way I do, but others do who I've spoken to. And one of the ways we keep do, keep being voters is we're not allowed to say who we're voting for until after the award has been announced. I'm probably pushing the envelope by saying who I'm not voting for, but we're really not supposed to reveal our votes. Um, he also mentioned you know, something about Aaron Rodgers being vaccinated and that's where it all stemmed from with him being a jerk and a bad guy and punishing his team and you know, spreading lies in the NFL. Well, Aaron Rodgers came back and he called this guy. Um, he, wouldn't, he wasn't going to vote for him. And he said, he's a bum. His problem is that I'm not vaccinated. Uh, and my favorite line is like, he just tears him apart. And then he goes, well, for this season, why don't you just call it the most vaccinated player? which had me laughing because I'm, I, I could, that would be really funny if they did that. Whose side are you taking here? I'm on the, I'm on the voter side. I think Aaron Rodgers is, is a complete clown. Uh, like, I, I, I mean, I don't like the words, the, like the words that were used. This guy was the biggest jerk in the league, blah, 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 blah. I hate, I don't necessarily like those words, but I don't think he's wrong. You, you can't be, the, the most valuable player to your team when, hey, you've you're already missed there. it. Yeah. You're not there. You're always at risk to not be there. And I, I don't know. It, like, he was walking around the facility without a mask basically the whole, I think, first 12 weeks of the season and wasn't vaccinated, wasn't, was doing all these things that were against protocols, doing all these things that, that that's not a leader. Like, you, at the beginning of the year, you were the guy that wasn't even going to report to camp because you want out. How 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 can you be valuable? How can you be the most valuable to your player to your team when a you don't want, don't want to be there? And there was a few games this year people were questioning if you're throwing the game or not. Like I, I don't know. I think this guy is just I, I, I this guy's an idiot. Like that's that's all I can say. Yeah, uh, uh, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot with Jarek's statement that I didn't agree with, and I don't necessarily have you know when you when you bring up. You know whose side do you pick? I don't necessarily want to pick a side, really. That's not necessarily something that's. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. You know, necessarily my my place, our place. I'm glad that you know there are sides being taken that are you know very well backed up. So for me, with that being said, I would say that um, there's a lot of animosity, stories, negative stories surrounding him this year off the field. You know, I, I guess to credit the, the 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 voter, he said that you know uh, undoubtedly he is the MVP on the field, so he didn't necessarily take that away from him. And uh, to say that, you know, we'd have to go back and look at the not only the NFL but other leagues where an MVP has you know had a, a controversial season off the off the court, off the field, or off the ice, and just see if it ever affected that and the voting process because. Uh, 
it seems very, very, you know, new right now, but I think that's necessarily to do with, uh, you know, the COVID stuff because COVID's very new and how he's reacting to it. Uh, as if COVID was never happened, we would never necessarily have heard these views from Aaron Rodgers ever, you know. So uh, to think that uh, he's the only one thinking those ways and is an athlete and is, and is more importantly a successful athlete at, in any professional level is wrong because there are a lot of professional athletes that, you know, are against the vaccine and uh, you know, following mandates uh, regardless. So uh, to think that, uh, you know, you have to value, you know, what does the MVP, what does the NBA, NFL MVP mean? So uh, if does it mean, you know, you take into consideration uh, off-field antics and on-field play or just one or the other. So um, obviously you have to take into consideration how the voting process goes. Uh, the side I would take here, uh, just for, you know, sake of, you know, taking the side for Josh would be uh, the voter side. Uh, just probably be based off of... Uh, you know, how Aaron, Aaron Rodgers handles the media. I feel like he does his meet press conferences through Barstool Sports, which I'm not a fan of. I uh, I think both guys are wrong here. I don't think Aaron Rodgers really should have spoke up about a voter. And this guy, if he's clouding, if his judgment's clouded by stuff Aaron Rodgers has done off the field, then that maybe not necessarily is his fault. But MVP is on-field performance. It's not if you're a good dude off the field or not, right? Um, that probably does weigh into it. But if you're looking at MVP by de definition, it's the player who's most valuable to their team throughout the season. So uh, I think both guys kind of need to take a step back and just be like, that was kind of a silly exchange that we both had. And yeah, I just, uh, and everyone's so on edge these days with that. And, you know, let's, let's keep it in the NFL. We have an update on Antonio Brown since the last show. It came out that he was supposedly injured on the sideline. Um, he was saying that he couldn't play, and his coach knew this before going into the game, and he said that he was going to release some texts. Well, he released those texts today, and they look – do you guys think they're real? No chance. I don't think they're real. Brandon? I I, I was caught. Initially, I was caught, but it, it – it... If, if there was any format to display fake text messages, he followed it. So I instantly sent you five fake text messages from Connor McDavid, Mike Babcock. You know, I, I, the I could do Android. So it takes a long time for the joke to process. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't think we're done with the whole Antonio Brown situation. He was cut today. He's been saying that he's, uh, his latest tweet, don't get it twisted. My brothers have been good to me from Tom to the practice squad. We were a top level unit. They have been good to me and knew nothing about my talks with coach last week. The team mishandled the situation. They let me down. And more importantly, they let my teammates down. So he's trying to blame it on the team. The team's trying to blame it on him. There's probably going to be an investigation opened up into this because of the NFLPA and we'll probably never get the answer that we deserve. So, um, we'll keep an eye on that for you, but that's just the update that's come out in the last day or so since our last recording. Let's move off, back over to the NHL. I'll make this one quick because I don't really like the guy. Wes McCauley the other night, he had a, uh, a penalty call where he had to give two guys five minutes for fighting, and he made it a whole dramatic thing that was focusing on himself. Now, Brandon, you played a high level of hockey. What was one guy you did not want to notice in the game when you were playing? 
that answers itself. The ref. I do not give a fuck about what the referee does as long as he does his job. Okay. If I score a goal and the ref comes up to me and he's, he's like celebrating with the team, oh, like, like, good job, guys. Like, that was an awesome goal. Like, what the hell are you doing? Get out of here. So, Wes McCauley, he always, whenever he makes a, uh, you know, a, a goal, a no goal, a goal review, whatever, he makes it about himself because he thinks he is the star of the NHL when he's not. He's there to enforce the rules and that's it. When he did the All Star game, he was like making it about himself too, you know, chirping with Marchand and all that. Like, dude, just do your job. And maybe the All Star game's the one place he can do that. But in the, I don't know what the score of the game was at the time. But imagine you go to a Leafs game seven, and it, it's overtime, and there's a penalty, and West McCauley's out there joking around, like, dude, read the room. But you know, he goes up there and he's like, I, I mean, five I minutes think it's, for fighting. Like, shut I up. Think it's pretty, I, I think it's a pretty hard comparison to make this is what game 35 into the season compared to game seven of a, of a playoff game but the I, sad I thing think, is he would be the one refing that game because he's one of the more um because he's the best because he's one of the best referees in the game and I, and I don't necessarily think that him doing something when it comes to fighting is is, is making it about himself i i know i i liked it I, I don't know my one thing i gotta ask you is did you did you like the world junior refs when they're talking to the players before the game uh yeah, like that was. So what was that not making? Like, it about that the was fine, but it wasn't during the game. It was like everybody always says that before the players do it to each other when you're lining up it's for a faceoff. But, but when he's making a penalty call, that's not during the game either. Yeah, yeah, it's between the, the start. Like you know what I mean? I, I don't know. It's just telling the boys, tell the boys, okay, have a good game, and then like in the middle of play, being like five minutes for, and then doing like a kung fu move at center ice and yelling fighting. Like, come on. He he even changed the start of a professional hockey league game and kicked out, I forget who it was, he kicked out a Calgary Flames player and waved in um, Matt Kachuk so Brady and Matt could take the face off against each other. Like, I know it's a small thing, but you're the ref. Like, yeah. Yeah. Matt Kachuk isn't taking the opening face off. His center was supposed to do that, and now you kicked the, the guy out. For no, the, I, like, come that, on. that one, 100%. I, I, I don't like that, but I, I don't know. I just... When it comes to when it comes to a league that's that's um 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 when it comes to the players and interviews, I think any type of personality that's added to this game is is a plus. Let me ask you, Josh. Did it physically or emotionally damage you? I think Apparently, what, yeah. I think what pissed me off the most actually was the commentators absolutely like exploding with laughter about it. Like, guys, it wasn't even that funny. Like, it made my eyes roll, and it made me go, "Why?" But whatever, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I think we, that, maybe we maybe know, the, younger... fix this, the fix to this is having more personality in the game, I suppose. But like when your most personable guy is the ref, it's just kind of stupid. Maybe that's my I think, issue. But I think that I think that says a lot about the league. <laughs> the, yeah. the league is a boring league. It, it's one of the worst leagues. Like when it comes to the when it comes to the like the talent in the, the the sport, it's great. I love it. I, it's my number one sport in the world. But when it comes to the league and where it is compared to the others, it's so far behind when it comes to marketing and personality. It's, it's, it's hideous. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know. I just thought it was stupid. And I don't like Wes McCauley. All right. You guys want to talk about Dave Tippett real quick here? Give it a shot. So uh, the, on, was it Monday night? Yeah. Monday night, the Edmonton Oilers lost four, one to the New York Rangers. So we're going back a little bit here. 
Um, after the loss, Dave Tippett was asked what he thought about the game, and he goes, I thought we did a lot of things well. Our goaltender wasn't very good, and we didn't find enough pucks at the net to get us back in the game. He said that that was taken out of context the next morning. Now, I don't know about you, but I just I just took that as you just throw the, the goalie, under goalie the on the bus. Now, Koskinen said, yeah, maybe I didn't play very good, but it's also not my job to score more than four goals a night. So they were kind of going back and forth. Now, the fallout from this was Mike Smith obviously started against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I was maybe I read into this too much. But the first question asked by reporters was, how did Mike? How, what did you think of Mike Smith's game? And he goes, oh, I thought he was really good, like without hesitating. So either we're letting, one, in four, we're letting in three goldens out of four. Well, he kicked one in his own net, too. That's even worse. Yeah. So um, did you ever have a situation, Brandon, where your goalie was thrown under the bus like that? And how did the team react to it? Um, if you pl- uh, definitely players, I'm not sure. Actually, a goalie, yes, actually. Uh, luckily, sorry, my rec- goalies usually know as well. Like they don't need to hear it from anybody else. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of the goalies uh, are their biggest critiques too. Obviously, um, you know, at my recreational, you know, elite level, that is. Uh, it was uh, it was unfortunate yet fortunate that the coach would pick battles with you know multiple people. So when he picked battles with the goalies, defense, forwards, uh, you know, blame certain places for certain losses. It, it's kind of like you keep tallying up, you know, who's necessarily really deserving of what he's saying, or well, you know, who's he's just uh, throwing the blame on to 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 make up for bad coaching and you know bad lineup changes and whatnot. And, uh, you know, it always stood out. And the biggest reactions were always, you know, when the goalies got called out because, you know, it's kind of like the lowest of the low. Uh, you know, you go to your offensive stars who don't score the goals and then you go down to your defense who can't stop the goals or can't move the puck up, up the ice. And then, uh, you know, the last, you know, obviously it's, it's just the last form of defense is, is your goalie. And they have one of the hardest, they're the only player that's out there the whole time. Uh, you know, if you're a backup goal, you're not even necessarily on the professional level. And even on my level, you're not necessarily even getting in there every week uh, and, re- and every game, but you have to be ready to, and you have to prepare for every game as if it's your start. So, uh, you know, for, for this situation, it's kind of like, um, it's really uh, exaggerated now on, on a professional scale because, uh, you know, both players have a platform and both players have interviews to be taken. And so there's both sound bites from, you know, both of those guys and they have the opportunity to jab at each other. And so it definitely doesn't help the room dynamic. So uh, I would say that, uh, you know, you need a leader to step up and, uh, you know, it, 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 that's not the coach to create tension like that. And one thing I want to, one thing I want to add. Making, is, making your point about Wes McCauley, you know, I think some coaches make it about themselves too. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, and one thing I want to add too is it's when it, when it comes to this, this is a team that's struggling and they've been struggling for a while. And I don't necessarily think it's, it's just been goaltending. It's been a whole team thing. It's they're not scoring goals. They're not playing defense. They're not stopping pucks, but I don't know. It like, I know Brandon, you played a higher level of ice hockey and I've only, I've only played a low level of ball hockey. And even to that sense, the best goalies or the better goalies I've played around, they're really hard on themselves. Anyways. I don't think it's something you need to, to point out when they're playing bad. They, they know when they're playing bad and they know it's their job to play better. And if they're letting four, four or five goals in, uh, I've always been the the player or to tell the team, all right, guys, it's, it's, it's our job to score five or score six goals so he can get the win still. I don't know. It's, it's, 
it's I don't think it's something you ne- you necessarily need to point out that he didn't play well. He he knows he didn't play well. They lost four one. So yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think Dave Tippett's on his way out anyway, and will be replaced by an even bigger ego in Mike Babcock. So it, it seems like he knows that too. It's it's yeah. you. You know, it almost like it, it, it seems. It seems like he's trying to take Koskinen with him. Yeah, no, it's just, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna get fired, and Koskinen's gonna get traded. Yeah, I, uh, but I like I was dying last night when um oh uh, what's his name Ryan McLeod missed that empty net, like he passed it across instead of shooting it into the net, and somebody tweeted out, uh, "Tip it on the bench right now, blaming Koskinen for that." I was like, okay, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm gonna skip this. I'm gonna skip this last one here that we have have in our notes and go to the very last one. Um, because we were going to do our dream Super Bowl halftime show, but we're only a couple weeks out from the Super Bowl, so I think we'll wait closer till then, if that's okay with you guys. That's cool. So uh, we've been finishing each show with a little bit of a game. We're going to have to start reusing them pretty soon because we're running out of ideas, but I got a fun one here. Uh, I'm going to name three players, and you have to sign one, trade one, and wave one. Sound good? Yeah. All right, who's going to start? I'll go. I'll start. Okay. So Matthews, McDavid, McKinnon. Sign trade wave. So we're trading McDavid. Okay. We're gonna wave McKinnon and we're gonna uh sign Matthews. What's your logic? Okay, wait, before Matthews. you answer this, before you answer this, are is is all of us, are we the general manager of a new NHL team or of an NHL team, or is this our fantasy boys league? Where NHL, it does not NH, NHL team. You're the GM. Yeah. Well, first off, I'm trading McDavid because in in this crazy world, we're get, that's what we're getting the most for because everyone hails him as the god. Uh, and then obviously having to choose between McKinnon and Matthews, I'm going to go with my boy Matthews and I'm going to uh, wave McKinnon and sign Matthews. Nothing wrong with a little bit of Toronto bias there. Brandon, what about you? He doesn't know. He's thinking. You know, uh, it's just a game. So uh, if I'm a general manager, you, you, okay, you, you, you can't develop goals. You can't buy goals. So you got to have Austin Matthews start. Uh, you got to put pieces around him. So the biggest trade value is, uh, you know, Connor McDavid. So you're going to hope to, you know, fulfill at least a starting lineup with, you know, two players in receive, if not a starting goalie for something like that. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you have to wave him and not bench him or something like that. But uh, if he doesn't get picked up for his expensive contract, hopefully we'll find a way to get McKinnon back to the roster. You could even trade McDavid for McKinnon. No, you can't. You have both of them. Well, once you wave McKinnon, something's picking him, someone's picking him up. Well, maybe. Yeah, I guess you could. The way I look at this, I looked at it similar to you guys. I would look at people when they do this game, they usually look at who they're signing first. I think you look at who you're trading first because that's how you get the most assets back. So you're getting the most assets back for Connor McDavid. Now I look at between Matthews and McKinnon, what's harder to find, goal scoring or point production? Well, it's goal scoring. There's not many elite goal scorers in the league. Matthews, that goal scorer. McKinnon is a point getter. You can get hit. You can get what he's producing back in that trade for Connor McDavid. So I would sign Matthews, wave McKinnon, trade McDavid. I think we're all on the same page there. All right, let's move on to the next one here. Uh, Brandon, this one. I have the basketball one. I have the basketball one. You, you, know, uh, you want to go first? Names because it's not necessarily. Uh, uh, David. Oh, you don't. So you don't. You don't like my names. No, we're going to date it. We're going to take one out, though. So uh, instead of Harden, 
we're going to put uh, Stephen Curry. So Stephen Curry, LeBron, or Kevin Durant. All right, I'll go first on this one. So I would, ooh, I would keep KD because I love the way he plays. I don't know too much about basketball, but when I watch him play, I think he's the most overall player in the league. I would trade LeBron because I think you're going to get the most back for him and teams will, he's older than Curry and I think he's going to get, you know, he's going to start to fall off in these years coming and teams are still going to be looking at his prime years and maybe overpay for him a little bit. And then I would keep Curry because, uh, oh, sorry, wave Curry um, in hopes that he doesn't fall on the waiver wire. Derek? I'm going to, I'm going to sign on LeBron just because he's my guy. Uh, I'm going to trade KD. Just be, it's kind of the same logic as McDavid, just because I feel like you're getting a lot for him. And we're going to wave uh, Curry. Brendan doesn't like our answers. Let's hear his logic here. Okay, so first things first is you start Stephen Curry because similar to Austin Matthews, you don't buy scoring. And uh, the best scorer, three-point maker in NBA history is uh, Stephen Curry. You can build offenses and simple pick-and-roll strategies with elevator screens around one player. So you develop an offense with bigs and rotational forwards. Wait, so you're 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 picking the guy who hits the most threes, but not the one, not the guy who's top five in points scored in NBA history. Yeah, no, uh, you you have to pick up Stephen Curry from full court. Uh, with LeBron, there's an easy way to guard them, and uh, it was seen uh, with uh, you know players and uh, players and strategies such as the 2019 China Raptors with the Yannick Kumpo. You throw a wall up there with the box in one. And uh, all of a sudden, you stop big guys like LeBron with a consistent shooter like, you know, Stephen Curry, like I'm saying, with a, a, a trade recipe that you would get for Kevin Durant, uh, being one of the most elite scorers in NBA history, uh, you can easily set up a successful lineup, as you see right now with the Golden State Warriors, as Steph being the only option so far without Klay Thompson uh, and any of the other assets, just with, you know, modern-day stretch bigs and other guys around him off the bench. So uh, the way of disrespect to Stephen Curry is uh, unremarkable. I'm glad you guys made that clear. And we are absolutely waving LeBron James, even though he is better than Michael Jordan. That's, that's the problem in 2022. Everything, is, everything that you say against the player is taken as dis- disrespect. It's, it's, it's not. <laughs> this, it, you know what? But that, that's not, it was, it was, it was, it's a game. It's, it's just a game. I mean, like, I just looked up their stats. KD averages three more points than Curry per game on average throughout their career. So. I don't, that's think wrong, I don't think there's I'm a wrong. I don't think there's a wrong. I'm going with the guy that's the best player that's ever played the game. That's LeBron James. So, I'll okay, take, well, I'm glad you guys are still passionate. I'll take Iguodala. Honestly, I'll be honest with you. Basketball arguments are the best kind of sports arguments. I don't care. I I'll, I would get ten times harder into basketball if, if it just came into the arguments. That's that's I love those things. Yeah. Let's get let's ask the next question before we spend too much time on that. All right, this one's a golf one. I think I, there's really no logic behind this. Uh, sign Tiger Woods. Uh, sorry, there, there's my. <laughs> tell me, tell me your uh, order. Sign, sign Trader Wave. Tiger Woods, Bryson DeChambeau, or Brooks Kepka. I'm gonna yep. go first because I don't like I I don't have any explanation to my. I'm I'm gonna sign Woods. This is today though. I'm gonna wave. I, I, I don't know today's golf. So this gonna... so golf is a money making thing. Like if you're looking at this, you're not a general manager. You're a you're a like a tour organizer. So you're probably looking at the guy that's going to make you the most money. 
And, he, and hear me out on this one. No, you're so, not. I'm looking at this like a Ryder Cup captain. But, but hear me out on this one. Hear you're me not. out. So I'm tr- I'm signing Woods. I'm tr- today. So I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I'm signing Woods today. I'm trading DeChambeau. Oh, sorry. I'm trading Kepka and I'm waving DeChambeau because I'm going to keep Woods because who I trade Kepka for, I'm, Woods is going to be able to train him into, be, into being one of the best golfers to ever play the game. And you know who he's trading him for? Charlie Woods. Let's go, baby. A golf trade. This is such a dumb argument now that I think about it. Uh, yeah, I would. Man, I, Tiger Woods is one of my favorite golfers to watch. So I, w- I would sign Tiger Woods. I would. I would wave DeChambeau because I find him really annoying and I just don't want to deal with him. And I would trade Kepka because I can get something back for him. Okay, well, I'll do mine by the World Golf Rankings. Uh, I'm keeping Bryson DeChambeau to represent my organization, my team at the golf tournament. Uh, you know, for, for future and personal notice right now, until he feels better, we're waving Tiger Woods. And, um, you know, for explosive Kevin Durant-like return with McDavid-like return, if we're trading Brooks Kepka, we'll get a lot back on that market. I like this game. We're going to have to do this more often. Uh, we got a baseball one here. Sign, trade, wave. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bryce Harper, Shohei Otani. All right. Can I take the cake here, boys? Yeah. All right. I'm signing Vladdy. Again, Toronto bias. I just, I just, again, he's the guy. I'm waving Otani. Oh. I don't want to hear it. I, I'm not an Otani fan. I don't like it. I don't think he should win MVP this year. <laughs> I'm trading Harper. Because I feel like, again, it goes to the whole McDavid thing. You can get the most for Harper, and you can build a great team. Brandon, um, do you want me to go, or do you want to go? I'm, I'm signing and starting Otani. Like, this guy can do everything there is um, yeah. like that I've heard of underneath the sun in baseball and beat Vladimir Guerrero, unfortunately, in you know, current votes this well, year. Well, he, he – I look at it like this. I'll, I'll, well, I'll, here's the thing. He does both – he does more things – at an elite level, and the same as Laddie, just yeah. as the exact same elite level. Uh, you can't, you cannot find that anywhere else. Uh, even if I was to trade him, he would probably be the most valuable trade asset on this roster as well. Uh, with 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 Harper, he's on the decline. He's obviously reached his peak, if not at it right now. Uh, good for him, but uh, that's a I'm, hot take. I'm, Bar- um, Dude, Bryce Harper's dog water. Yeah, he's okay. He's he's mid. He's mid. He just um, won MVP, guys. I'm I'm trading him and I'm waving. I'm trading Harper then because he has you know must have a little bit. I can dump him off for a lot of for a lot of young guys and then uh, unfortunately I'll give Vladdy another year to win an award. Well, no waiver wire. I would sign Shohei Otani for the logic that he hit the same amount of home runs as Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But he can also pitch. I would trade Vladdy because he's younger. He's on a team-friendly deal right now that's protected for the next, I think, like four or five years. So a team is going to pay a lot to get a guy like that. And I would waive uh, Bryce Harper because that's the only option left I have for him. So you guys are you guys are really saying that Otani should have won MVP? Like you really think uh, that? He was so valuable. His team was eight games under 500. That's So that's what <laughs> – yeah. Like that's where yeah, – but, but so was the rat. The, the Blue Jays aren't any better. They were they were they were twenty games over five hundred. Okay, so like he did he out hit did he out hit no. Vladdy or was it the same home <laughs> was it the same home no. runs? Uh, close. Like they were close in home runs. I think they both had forty seven. 
Yeah, but you know, Ryan this is played, a player thing. This isn't every day and did, so, did more for his team. I, I, it doesn't matter that you hit. Well, so Dave is the best player. And the, they have two things. The Oilers have two of the best players in the league right now. And they're the dumpster of the organization. Yeah, so that means they're the two of the best players in the league, right? Taylor Hall won yeah, an so MVP that means on that, a dumpster fire that, in New Jersey. Oh, that means that Otani is the best player. It still, doesn't matter. If you, I, I don't know. I, I think I think really good players help their team win. Just call me crazy. Do the next one. Well, that's where you're looking at. Like, is it the most valuable player or the most valuable player to their team? Like, how bad would the Angels be without Shohei? What sixteen games out of five hundred? Oh, there you oh. go. So he's they probably wouldn't even lick the grass every day. <laughs> I, I, like, I just don't, I just don't understand the difference between thirty games under five hundred and eight games under five hundred. You're not making the you're not making the playoffs either way. Yeah, I mean, Castle, unfortunately, Castle, sounds like Castle's chiming in there too. The yeah, Castle is not happy with the Otani talk. All right, we'll wrap this up so you can go deal with that. I got two more here. Um, I guess you we got can one switch. more. The last one's too controversial. No, I like the last one. Uh, sign, wave, trade, or I guess you could call this one push fire Barry because it's a wrestling one. Edge. Orton, Undertaker, current day. Whoa. I'm trading Orton because he's the, uh, I guess, the Otani of the conversation, whatever. Uh, I'm going to wave Undertaker because it's it's way past your prime, bud. And I'm going to, I guess, sign Edge just because I feel like he's a workhorse kind of guy, right? You can, you can work around him. Whoever you trade Randy Orton for, you can get a great match out of. And I don't know. That's good for your roster, I guess. I'm 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 keeping inside Randy Orton. He's my go-to guy. He's the most durable, athletic, and yeah, I would say he's been excited. Buddy, he hasn't aged since 2002. Yeah, like you, he, <laughs> yeah. he 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 can still do the same type of maneuvers and act the same way he's acted, uh, and, and it still looks fluent to him. His body type and like he he's a guy you like to hate and a guy you like to like to like as well. Like his, his yeah. personality's always been great as a heel or you know uh, uh, an over with the WWE. Uh, to trade, uh, I'm trading Undertaker as the most value. Uh, unfortunately, Edge is very banged up. He's got to go. He's got to be waived. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll sign Edge because um, that's my guy. When since he's come back, I've been like, damn, this guy's still he he can still put on a decent match too. I will trade the Undertaker just for value, and I'll sorry, Randy, I gotta wave you. Sometimes you can get a little bit boring if you're not interested in what you're doing. I agree with that. So we'll do that. All right, we'll, we'll we'll leave this last one. Maybe we'll do the last one as an Instagram poll. We're gonna start throwing haymakers at each other. Yeah. All right, we'll 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 I'll toss it out there for the fans. You could comment on it if you had to. If you had to sign one of us, trade one of us, and what was the wave one of us? Wave. What would you do? Would you sign Jarek? Would you sign me? Would you trade Brandon? Would you trade Jarek? Would you wave all three of us? We don't care what you do as long as you like, comment, and subscribe. Compliance buyout. Compliance buyout. Termination. <laughs> <laughs> just fold the franchise. Yeah, just done. All right, any final words, anybody? Uh, I got to go stop a crying short. baby. Okay, yes, that's all we'll, uh, we'll be back soon. Sunday night? Yeah. Like, comment, subscribe. I'm killing time because it's not, it's not stopping.